we are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. It is, it's a, this is a, it's tough. This is betting on the Bills, the season finale, okay? Like, this is it. We're done after this. Like, after the game yesterday, it's absolutely unreal, absolutely unreal to me to be in this situation, uh, to even play that game in the situation that, that happened during that game is beyond me. <clears throat> so I'm getting a little choked up. <laughs> but uh, no, we're here with Dom Loss and Mike Marino, as usual. Fellas, tough end, really tough end of the season. You thought 13 seconds was bad. Getting obliterated at home is pretty much up there. Dominated is up there. So whoa, just general thoughts here. I mean, this is this is more of an emergency press conference than a than an and then a full on episode. But what what are you guys thinking? Um, okay, well. yeah. Um, I guess I'll start this time. We'll change it up a bit. Um, you know, I think going in, there was you know a lot of nervous. Like, this is going to be the toughest team we faced pretty much all year. Um, it's playoff football, so no matter how good you do in the regular season, it doesn't matter. And then, you know, it just seemed like from the opening kickoff, we just, we just didn't have it. Like they were just in control the entire game. And, you know, we just got outmatched. Like they were more physical than us. They executed their game plan better than us. And they showed why that they uh, were the Super Bowl team last year. And, you know, I think just when it comes down to it, I know Milano said they just didn't have, energy they just didn't have any juice going and they didn't get those plays where you can get momentum to flip and i think this shows that you know um at the end of the day like the bills is just i don't know what it is it's like we always seem to have these discussions every year like what what could we have done that's a little bit different what do we need to do to get over the hump and you know it's like we always come short digs you know, he's saying the exact same thing. A lot of players saying the same thing. You know, what changes can be made? Like, is it, do we make a move at one of the coordinators? Do we, you know, completely revamp the offensive line? Maybe get rid of a big name player to kind of change things up here. Like, you know, what do we need to do to finally get over the hump? Because I would say at this point, Allen, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the year, how he's like on that level of Mahomes and, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Now I think he's in that second tier below Mahomes. And I think Burroughs played himself above him. And, you know, it's just a shame because we had such a good year, but you know, a lot of things didn't go our way with some injuries and um, you know, obviously like just in Western New York in general, where, you know, you want to have it end with the Super Bowl parade, but it doesn't happen like that. And it just seems like every year we end in heartbreak and, I mean, they, they got to figure something out because we can't can't keep this up. Like, it's just – it's unfortunate that with three backup offensive linemen and another one hurt, we couldn't get any pressure on Burrow. And then you have Dawkins get beat clean on a three-man rush. And yeah. Allen was just – he was just running for his life out there sometimes. This, this just proved that our biggest offseason need is the trenches. Both offense and defensive line just need revamping. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a game that they were never in. Like, fr- from the first play from scrimmage, you just felt like – I mean, I, I don't think I 
I don't think I've ever seen that that from a Sean McDermott team of just like from the from the jump they had. I mean, you said of Malau, they lacked energy, but I mean, they were just never never felt like there was a chance for them to come back. I mean, this is like this is only the first. I mean, obviously they got dominated by Indianapolis last year, but like this is the first playoff loss where they just. I mean, listen, they lost by two touchdowns to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, but there there was you know they 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 were up nine nothing. They had opportunities that they kicked stupid field goals on right. fourth and short when they should have won fourth. Like that, at least that game, they 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 got destroyed. Like, I mean, they lost by multiple scores and they deserved to get blown. They got blown out, but at least that you could probably swim where well, uh, you know we had this game. It's like people are complaining about what the fourth and ten at the 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 Bengals forty one or the fourth and two at their own twenty down two scores. Like it just the game was never. It never felt like after. I mean, you can't start a game worse than the Bills did. To be honest with you, I mean, they gave no, a touchdown, not at all. three and out, touchdown, three and out. Like the the first four drives of the game, if you were scripting a perfect start for your team, is is that other than if you want them I mean, instead of the three and outs, you want turnovers. But you know, this off season, it just I don't know. It, it it's weird because you know, in nineteen, and you know, they get to the playoffs in seventeen, but that was kind of fool's gold. I think everyone knew that. 19, it was like, all right, we're a young team. Like, they just kind of got overwhelmed. Hap- I mean, it happens. It's a good experience. 20, it was like, all right, we're building something, but we're, we're a couple pieces away. We're not on the Chiefs level. 21, it was like, honestly, we were good enough to win the Super Bowl, and we just failed to execute with 30 seconds. And this year, I think the most disappointing part is it's like it's a step back from last year and the fact of I don't feel like they're – you know, a Von Miller away from winning the Super Bowl. Like I feel like there's multiple teams that are ahead of them that I don't I don't know the way that they pass those teams at this point. I know that's like sounds super negative, but like the Chiefs are still gonna be there, the Bengals. I mean, next year what I think I read where like Chase, Higgins, Boyd, and Burrow are still making a combined thirty two million dollars. Like that's how much Josh Allen's making and then some. So like I don't really see that team how they're gonna be able to pass that team and then I mean, you look at the NFC, I think both those teams that are playing next weekend are significantly better right now than the Bills. So, I mean, the, the two main questions I have with Proper Moment is, like, what are they going to do to improve? Or, like, what are they, I mean, to, as Mike said, to get over the hump? And two, like, what the hell happened to the team? What ha- what the hell happened at halftime against Green Bay? Like, that team just never came back. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the, they go in the bye beating the Chiefs, and they play a really good first half against Green Bay. And then, I mean, it just the vibes were off after that. Like they played a bad second half, one, and then I mean, we all saw the rest of the season. Like, yeah, they were on eight game winning streak, but I mean, this has to be like one of the most oddest fourteen win football teams I've ever been, I've ever seen. I know yeah. it's my team, but like they lost three games by eight points, and then they just get worked. I just, I just yeah. think they ran out of gas, which isn't an excuse, but I mean, it's. It's like there's a reason for it because of all the adversity they had to deal with, but at the same time, it's like they were just never in this game. No, and I, I completely agree with that. From the start, they they just like you said, were in, their heads weren't in the game. Milano said it. You see Diggs on the sideline throwing his arms up at Josh. I mean, it was just it was a tough scene all around because you know, like that that's our team. Those are guys we've you know learned to love on this team. Like I I don't know. It, it's just. You're absolutely right, Dom, in the fact that we were a dominant team through the bye week in the first half of that Green Bay game, right? Like, we came out. I saw plays from that Rams game from the first game of the season. Josh stiff-arming guys, you know I mean? All this stuff, like huge throws. 
that that seemed to disappear and things were just out of sorts for the rest of the season. And we on we almost lost to the Browns in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like that was that right we there. Lost the, I mean, okay, we didn't almost, but like we were losing at halftime to the Yeah. Bay. Like yeah. I mean, like I just I, after the half, it's like when was the last time the Bills played a full sixty minutes? I know that that had's a half against Green Bay, but I mean they didn't. I mean they never did. I mean it's just it's tough to look at because we were our record was thirteen and three, right? Because we didn't with the one game got canceled. It's 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 interesting. Or was it fourteen and three? No, it was well. Technically, I mean, with the Miami one, what's also frustrating about that is it's not. It's not like that was like fluky. I don't think. Like, it's not no. like, it's not like a nineteen when they played like a really easy schedule and went ten and six. Like, they played a pretty difficult schedule this year, so it wasn't like a hundred percent fluky that they went fourteen three. But at the same time, it never it it never felt that they were a fourteen three team, just from like the vibes and how they were playing. And at the end of the day, when you get down to the level of like you had to beat Cincinnati, Kansas City, and one of those top teams in the NFC, like it just seemed. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but looking back at it, like we probably should have saw this coming. To be honest with you, yeah, honestly, I talk about domination. That's what we saw on on Sunday. Um, you know, you go in with high hopes and see something like that. It's just they we were out coached, outplayed, everything. Like it, it was, it was, uh, it was a sight. Let me tell you, it, you could hear a pin drop probably anywhere, any bar watching the game anywhere. Like it was. It was not what you were expecting from a team which was a Super Bowl favorite. Um, you know, it, I, I'm, a, I'm more or less at a loss for words. I really don't have a lot to say. I do have stuff to say, but I just sitting there with my jaw dropped as this game ended, like that's truly what was happening. Like, I, it was embarrassing almost. You know what I mean? Like, the just the manner of going into this, Joe Mixon running his mouth as he always does, but, you know, hearing them say, get the refunds for Atlanta, all that stuff, like, it's like, you know, that that was, that's tough, it's, but then again, they were hungry for the win, and they got it, so. Yeah, I mean, this is the team that they, the Bengals, you know, they started the year a little slow, and we were talking about the Super Bowl hump, or um, slump, sorry, <laughs> and then, um, you know, end of the day, they got hot at the right time, and uh, you know, it was kind of sad to hear at the end of the game them shouting "Who Day" in uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium, because you know we had never lost a home playoff game in the McDermott era, and you know, just we just decided not to show up this game. And I completely agree with what Don was saying before. And that Green Bay game was like a turning point for some reason. Like we saw in 2020, the Arizona game. Like from that point on, when we lost that game, we were super like we were rolling. In 2021, when we lost the Bucks, but we were coming back and uh, went to overtime. From that point on, our momentum was rolling. This year, it's like it was the complete opposite. That Green Bay game, we were rolling before, and then we lost. And halftime, we just didn't show up. And throughout the year, like we just we did enough to win, but we never looked like an elite team that's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I th- I think that's the toughest thing about it is you look back, like you said, we were down big in Tampa, we were coming back in Tampa. And then that carried all the way through to that chiefs game where we were watching two firecracker offenses, just going off on each other. Right. You're right in the sense that this year, like we didn't have that kind of a game. It was always like struggles to win, not struggles to win necessarily, but it wasn't like a blowout. Like we were really, we had to put our all into every game. It wasn't, there was no coasting. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were really 
we were in they other teams were in the game with us for 99 percent of it you know like just even that miami game dom i know you and i were both there you know what i mean like just in different areas it's just watching that come down to the final drive where you know what i mean like they were just it's it they let teams stay in it for the whole game pretty much that's what i would say it's like what's frustrating is that they had spurts of it down the stretch like the second the fourth quarter against the bears i know it's the bears but you know they had a stretch new england second half i mean miami the first 20 minutes of the game like they were up 17 nothing you thought okay this is it now but it was just pretty consistent of like the offense was just far too inconsistent outside of josh being Josh and Stiggs and the turnovers and then the defense even the defense like I mean against the the better offenses in the league I they just, I mean they're just not not the best performances I mean late in the season against Miami that it was like the offense was really good and the defense wasn't that great and then I mean this is the third straight post this is the third straight postseason game where they've been out coached heavily. And the suspected top defense in the in the NFL, or one of them, just lays a complete egg. I mean, a complete egg. And you could even look back at it in the second half of that Houston playoff game. They're up 16-0 top-ranked defense. They crapped the egg in the second half and uh, blew that game as well. So, I, I don't know where they – it's hard because you don't know where they're going to go go from here. Yeah, it's 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 this is going to be an interesting off season to say the least. Like with us chatting about it, you know, we're we're gonna to have to go back into the the hypothetical talk, if you will, for the Bills, and we gotta. I, I think we really need to diagnose where things really are different this year. I mean, people are blaming this. They're they're saying Josh Allen's the next Dak Prescott. I see that all over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, like all over social media. I think it's too early to jump to that conclusion, that much of a conclusion. Um, he's outperformed deck. He literally broke Dan Marino's record for passing touch or touchdowns in general in his first five years. He's got the most of a quarterback of all time now in his first five seasons. And it's just, it's tough because you have a player of that caliber, right? We had Emmanuel Sanders in digs last year, solid two wide receivers, great talents, right? Where Gabe was at the end of last season, stepped into that role with four touchdowns in that Kansas city divisional game, right? We're like, oh, this is the guy. This is our guy. Clutch Davis is only around in the playoffs, pretty much. That's what we've seen. I mean, Butterfinger Davis is for the rest of the season. There, there are just there are a couple things you can diagnose here, like you know, our first year without Dable, our first year, you know, like running with Dorsey. It's his first year as an OC. Like, it's just there are things definitely to point out. Things definitely you can point fingers anywhere. I, I think that well, frust- what's frustrating is this though, is that. You look at what they did this previous offseason, and there's not a lot where like you could critique and say that they they were flawed. Like they were super flawed in some cases. Like yes, we had a problem with our interior offensive line. They re-signed Ryan Bates. They signed Roger Stafford, who was a Pro Bowler. I mean that whiffed. I mean they drafted a first round corner, but then they didn't play the first round corner. I mean like if you look down the line, they took some gambles and they ended up whiffing on a lot of stuff. But like at the same time. Could we have all printed that? I think the only thing that we were like, I don't know about this was, you know, we said about weaknesses of the roster was like, is the offensive line really all that rebuilt? And, you know, is Diggs and Davis enough on the outside or do we need another one? And it turns out both those were correct because, I mean, we're looking at like now the third straight offseason of 
Like the offensive line just not good enough. Like they ran the ball, I think like fourteen times to the running backs, and they got one first down. I mean, look what Cincinnati was doing. Cincinnati was running like six yards a pop against us. They were pushing every pile, and the Bills. I mean, at some at the one drive was pushing the pile a lot, but at the end of the day, like it was pathetic, especially the near fumble from Josh and Mike Hilton. It's just terrible on Spencer Brown for not picking up the blitzer who was coming 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. Like, how did he – and they and they slid the protection that way, so there was no reason why he should whiff on the block. He gets his QB killed. So why would Josh expect, like, Mike Hilton to be there? Like, yeah, fact, yeah, I, like, he could have got the ball out quicker, but at the same time, like, no one in front of him was putting any danger, so why would he expect himself to be in danger? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the fact that our offensive line, our starting offensive line played against, a like, compared to the Bengals having three backups playing on their offensive line, it, it, they performed better than ours. I mean, I think that shows a huge flaw in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that that's that's a huge thing. I mean, I think, I think another I thing that kind of stood out to me this year was, like, we saw in the past few years, like, Cole Beasley was kind of that reliable, over-the-middle guy, third down, he'll get those extra yards. And this season, you know, obviously we brought back Cole Beasley, but he really wasn't the same. And just over the course of the year, we never had that guy. Like Crowder got hurt early, so we couldn't really see what he could do in a full season. McKenzie kind of proved to be more of a gadget-type player. Like he wasn't consistent enough to be a full-time slot receiver. And Shakir, we never really saw much of him. And, you know, he's a rookie. Gabe Davis, we were saying before, he's just not consistent enough in the regular season. And, you know, beginning of the year, all we saw was Diggs, Allen to Diggs, Allen to Diggs, like first, what, eight, nine games of the year. And then last half of the season, it was like they just decided to stop throwing to him, like stop making plays for him. And then, you know, Knox, we pay him top five tight end money, and we don't even incorporate him in the offensive scheme. So I, I don't know, like, if... Dorsey like decided to change the the plays, try to get more people involved, and it just didn't work. But like, it's just like, unless Allen just didn't have trust in some of his receivers, like, I just I don't know like why why it took that much of a hit because like really our receiving core is not that much different from the year before. Like we lost Sanders, but we expected Davis to jump up. We lose Beasley, but we expect McKenzie to jump up and draft Shakir. And it's just neither of them like Davis had a good year, but he didn't prove to me that he can be a full-time number two. I think he's more of a number three deep threat playmaking. Like he's not a consistent number two for me. I think they need someone else. No, and they obviously definitely need a slot guy. No. Yeah. I think that's where you get in trouble. Like looking at like the volume of like how he had like 800 yards and I don't know, eight touchdowns or whatever it is. But like at the end of the day, like that was because he had a hundred targets. Like he wasn't efficient. Having 800 yards on 100 targets is not very efficient. And it, it just comes down to the fact of the Bills have constantly, constantly not spent capital on the offensive side of the football as much as they have defensively. Like, they incorporate so much stuff into, into, the, off, into the defense every year. And I think this is finally, like, the first year where it really bit them offensively. Like, I mean, you put up 10 points in a playoff game, like, at the end of the day, like, I think this is – for this to be a successful offseason, first off, they had to get everyone in line to, like, what the heck's going on. Because this is, like, the first year where, like, the front office 
and the coaching staff, and maybe even inside the coaching staff, just did not seem to be on the same page. Like, you trade for Naheem Himes, but he had, like, 14 touches in 11 games or, or some, some weird number. You t- you say that, oh, we want James Cook to be a pass catcher, but then he catches 20 passes. Like, we're paying Dawson Knox, but we're not going to feature him. You know, we draft Clear Shakur, but we're not going to use him. But then w- when we do use him, I know he dropped the 50-yard pass. And that was a real tough one to watch, but I actually thought he played pretty well. I mean, he played pretty well yesterday, and he was already. I know he dropped the, again. He dropped the ball, but like, I think when it, opportunities have been good. I mean, you draft a first round corner and you don't use him. Like, look what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs had all these young dudes defensively, and we're like, screw it. Like, we're gonna be, we're there's gonna be a play where we get up just a 50 yard touchdown because two rookies don't know what the heck they're doing. But when it comes to playoff time, they're gonna know how to defend that route. The Bills didn't do that. They were they were stubborn. And it, it, it's time for the Bills to change their ways. Like, they got to get the front office and coaching staff together. Because, like, Dorsey's, like, all about this, like, vertical throwing. But then McDermott and Frazier are like, oh, Ben, don't break. We're not going to blitz you to death. Like, they're conservative, but then Dorsey's aggressive. Like, it's just not a match. The front office gets gets the people that Dorsey might want, but then Dorsey doesn't use them. Like, I'm not saying it's all Ken Dorsey's fault, but at the end of the day, you know, we spend all these assets defensively, but we don't spend any offensively. Like, it's time for the Bills to understand, get everyone on the same page, and then invest in the offense. Like, they need to go out, improve the offensive line. They right. need to go out and spend their first-round pick, I think, on a wide receiver, because I think they need another dude. Like, mm-hmm. they need to go out and spend actual stuff on the offense. I mean, look yeah. what the Chiefs did, like, when Mahomes was in the Super Bowl against Tampa. He was getting no time to throw the ball, anything he's getting chased around the entire game. What did they do? That offseason, they invested in the offensive line. They bring in Joe Tooney, they bring in Orlando Brown. Like, I'm not saying the Bills got to make these huge moves like that. Maybe I think they should, like, maybe one. Yeah. But, you know, not go nuts like that. But they got to do something because, I'm sorry, but, like, Spencer Brown ain't cutting it at right tackle. Saffold was – he's going to retire. Mitch Morris because we had a change of the offensive line coach as well? Personnel there. No, no, because he's been here before, I think, too. The offensive like, line was bad all year. Yeah, I mean, like, it's bad before this. Bates, yeah, I don't know, wasn't the the best either. Like, I don't know, they just for years it seems like our offensive line hasn't been that great. Like last time, I feel like we had a solid offensive lineman was like Eric Wood. As as weird as it is to say, like Richie Incognito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Eric Wood, Cordy Glenn, most under, one of the more underrated Bills of all time. Like, if he could have stayed healthy, like that was a franchise left tackle. No, if we had Kyle Orton's offensive line for the Bills now, we we would be in decent shape. You know, or Tyrod Taylor's. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. I it's it's really, it's it's just like you can't expect Josh Allen to get sacked seven times in in the Miami game and still like every game pull out a win. I, even though I, I know Joe Burrow did the same thing with the Titans last year with sack nine times, still beat them, whatever. Like it's still like, you cannot expect a productive offense to come out of that. Like you need to protect the quarterback. He can't be running around all over the place. We knew the offensive line was a problem and yet we're still trying to make Bobby Hart work somehow in the off season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, well, like all right, Bobby Hart's actually like, that was actually like, they're actually pretty good when they brought the six offensive linemen in. But I yes. get what you're saying. But like, yeah, like it's invest. It's frustrating to me from the fact of the Chiefs in 21 and well after 2020 was like the offensive line's problem. Went out, got Orlando Brown. They signed as Mike said. Now, granted, do the Bills and Creed Humphrey drafting Creed Humphrey? 
Yeah, the Bills don't need to go like all out like that. I think that would be that that like I mean they don't still have the cast base, or I wouldn't trade a first round pick for that. But like, you have a good left tackle, and that's about it. Like that that's my mindset. My mindset is you have to find a way to upgrade the forward position. Now, if you're gonna say Mitch Moore is gonna stay, fine. I think he makes. I think he needs to take a cap pay cut because yeah. I don't think he's particularly great this year. I know. Also, he's got six concussions in his career. He might not be around. There's nothing concerned with that. Like they gotta figure that out. And then Bates is an all. Bates is like a third guard to me. So, like, you got to figure out right tackle and you got to find two other guards. And, like, how do you do that? Like, you got to draft. Like, it, it it comes down to the fact of the Bills drafting Boogie Basham over Creed Humphrey was just really bad. I mean, I don't know what the Bills – the Bills for the past three years have known the offensive line has been a problem, and they have just put tape and glue and hope that, like, it's stuck together. Like, they got to go out and pay someone to fix it. They got to pay out and get a contractor to plug the hole. Like, I mean, I don't know – like that's been a problem. Like you look at the Chiefs, I, I, every off season, like they fixed a major problem. Like twenty twenty, honestly, offensive line was a problem. They fixed it in that next off season. Tyree Kill wants a bunch of money. We can't really pay him. They trade him for assets, and then all of a sudden, those assets have helped them fix defensively. Now they have cap flexibility with homes. I'm not saying trade digs. Okay, I don't want that to be like misconstrued or anything. But it comes down to the fact of like you're gonna have to. I I think what the Bills need to do, and this is gonna be hard to say. But the Bills need to retool. Like, I don't think the Bills can be like, oh, we're going to re-sign Training Evans, we're going to re-sign Jordan Porter because we're going to restructure all these dudes' deals and we're just going to be like the New Orleans States of a huge cap bill. Like, no, I think as much as this is like hard, a hard conversation to have, like, this is the most talent you're going to have with Allen on his rookie deal. And now going forward on his mega deal, you had to figure out a way to get talent. Right. And the best way to figure out they get talent is to develop people, and they haven't been doing a good job of that. But they need to draft better and develop people. And to do that, they need to give away assets to get assets, or they need to let Jordan Player walk, or some other people walk so they can get compensation picks. Like I, that's what yeah. they have to doing. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Say, but no, I, I you got to have these tough conversations. It's, it's absolutely true. Even twenty four hours after this game ended, we're already talking about it. But it, it's absolutely. I'm right there with you because you can't you can't skip out on the offense anymore, right? Our defense is solid. I mean, they they didn't get any pressure on Burrow, but then again, Von Miller whatnot was not there. I don't think it really would have made that much of a difference. But you, there was talk about using Benford maybe as a safety. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. tr- developing him as a safety. Try and do that. Use what you have. You know what I mean? Like at this point, if Poyer's not coming back, Hyde's going to stick around, throw Benford back there with him. That would be, you know what I mean? Figure that out like that. Spend on the offensive line. Draft on the offensive line. Get another wide receiver. Just do what you need to do because defensive-minded head coach, right, Sean McDermott, he's he's great. The, the, The defense has been and will stay solid, right? Like that's never been in question. Now the offense, like you said, Dom, you're seeing the trade-off you have when you're, you know what I mean? You're drafting for the defense, adding tools to the defense and running with the offense you've had for the past couple of years. They tried to bring Beasley back, which I thought was a decent move, but he was realistically, he was retired for about six months at that point. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he was going to be prime Cole Beasley again for the rest of the season. So yeah. I, I think you give up what you give up. Like Dom said, retool. That's what you got to think about here. That's the key word because Josh Allen is taking a, big chunk of the money now where you need to work around that and you need to use what you have on the team like Benford and develop him into that safety position, which we talked about last year being a possibility, you know, and 
it stinks to say that Jordan Poyer and Tremaine might have played their last games in a Bills jersey. It really does because they've been two great players. Tremaine, especially this year, really stepped up for me. But I don't know. It is it is a realistic conversation. I mean, even Singletary coming up here. Like, I, I what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I feel like he's had a good he's season. Probably, he's, yeah, I mean, I, he's probably gone. I mean, yeah, they'd probably just well, – I don't even know. They might use Hines and mid-round. They have Hines and Cook, like Duke Johnson's on the practice squad. But, like, I do think, like, they need to invest in draft. Higher on draft, like, we can't keep taking defensive linemen here. Like, we've been so steady on taking defensive players at the top of the draft, and it's like, you know, this year we take Elam, 21, we take Rousseau, 20 was Epinesa, 19 is Oliver. You know, 18 we got Josh and Tremaine, 17 is Trey. 16 Shaq, mm-hmm. you know, like you're right. Really, it has been all defense pretty much. It's been pretty much defense. These last drafts, like even 15 yeah. round Darby. Mm-hmm. It's been like 14 was Sammy Watkins. There's less time. And we trade oh, up for him. Out. And <laughs> I don't know. I think we need to invest like this pick needs to either be a playmaker or a lineman, like offensive yeah. lineman, like defensive lineman. If we need to, attack that i think it's more free agent wise exactly i think we need we have enough young guys that are developing we need guys that can actually play at that Mm -hmm. point offensive line i think we need more youth to it get someone a top prospect who can be a starter for long term because i mean dawkins is what 28 now 29 Mm -hmm. so like he should be like in his prime right now towards you know next three years here, three, four years. Um, Other than that, like our offensive line, there's no one that's really going to be here long-term. So I think we need to invest in someone long-term and that's through the draft. Well, like, like our highest drafted lineman was Cody Ford. So yeah. Cause Dawkins was late. Yeah. I mean, it, they just, I mean, like if you look at next year, they have Allen making $39 million digs at 20, Vaughn at 18. So, like, I feel like all three of those contracts are worth it. We'll see what Vaughn, I think he said he was going to come back early August, whatever. Then you get to Trey making $60 million. And I love Trey, but, like, this year he wasn't worth his contract. And that's mm-hmm. partly because of the injury, but partly because he wasn't that great in the back of the year. So this is a big year for him because, like, he's making $16 million. Like, mm-hmm. is that $16 million well spent? I know that's a hard conversation to make. But, like, I, I don't, again, I don't know what the situation oh. would be like if they dead capped it. They probably won't cut. I'm not going to say they're going to cut him. But, like, at the same time, like, he's not he's not worth $60 million right now. And that's just a fact. Yeah, Dion, in the back half of the season especially. Yeah, Dion making, like, 15. That's fine. That's, like, standard left tackle money, Pro Bowl left tackle money. That's fine. Milano making 13. And I'm going to say this. Like, Milano's a great player, all pro. Definitely worth the money. But do you want to invest – invest in off-ball linebacker for $13 million. That's another thing where it's like, honestly, yeah. like, would you rather have him or Tremaine? And it's like, honest to God, I probably would want to have my middle linebacker over an off-ball linebacker. Now, I'm not saying they're both they're both insanely valuable, but like at the same time, like... Just the way one, Frazier runs a defense. Which one would be easier to replace? And like, Milano's going to be difficult to replace no matter, but that's at the same point. Mitch Morris is making $11.3 million. And we could all say, like, I like Mitch Morris, but like that, that cap hits too high for me. Like he, he for him to, I know he's a Pro Bowler this year. This is like the Roger Stafford Pro Bowl, really overrated. He was like the twentieth best center in the league this year, and the twentieth best center in the league does not make eleven million dollars. And Oliver making ten million dollars, like 
this is a disappointing year. Like he, I know he had like some kind of pec injury, but like he was terrible down the stretch. And I, I think it might be because of the injury, but like, I feel bad for that because like I, the guy that we saw against Cleveland and Detroit was there for two games. You know, he sprains his ankle against the Rams week one, has this kind of injury. Like it's just really disappointing at this point. Like after next year he's a free agent, and like I saw like on cap whatever that he's supposed to get like four by forty or whatever. Like I'm not paying at all over like multiple years at you know double digits million dollars like i don't think he's worth it right now like that that's another guy and then you know you're gonna have knox's contract and all that like after that kind of you know decreases down daquan's making 8.5 but daquan's worth that like he's actually had a really good year this year yeah i mean they missed him but uh, again like i think that's the problem was like you have multiple guys that are making huge cap fits that as much as they're fan favorites and you love them like some of them are positions where you you need to realize that aren't as valuable in the state of the NFL, and some dudes just are haven't performed because of injuries, which is unfortunate. But I mean, it's the world we live in. Yeah, it's you know, I think emotions are riding high right now. I think that's going to fizzle out in a little bit, and then more people will be talking about what we're talking about because a lot of people are just kind of letting it sit for a little bit. But it's definitely conversations that need to be had and like you said dom these coaches front office staff they they need to get on the same page because it's pretty evident that they're not because every third third and four dorsey's throwing 50 yards down the field you know what i mean like it, it's well, just like, like we t- they talked all offseason about how yards after catch yak was gonna be so important but they were like bottom 10 again yak yeah they were only ahead of like six seven teams like that that's it like like, this is why, like, with the 27th pick, I feel like they just have to, like, take Smith Jigua from Ohio State or take Addison from USC. Like, take the best route runner. Like, you need a good route runner. If you get Because Gabe Davis, as Mike says, is a vertical threat. Gabe Davis is not a great route runner. Like, mm-hmm. Diggs is a good route runner. Diggs, Davis is really not. That's not his forte. Davis just but, jets downfield. That's, that's like, really get another guy that's for. a good route runner. Like, Shakir. Like, Shakir's a good route runner. We'll see how he develops. But, like, get another dude that's just, like, uber talented and then, yeah, you gotta find a way. To, in, uh, both lines need some some tweaking. I don't know if it's just like the D line just has to. You gotta be like, we just weren't healthy. We're gonna get Vaughn back. We're gonna get Daquan back. We'll add a piece or two just for depth purposes. But we're gonna roll off our guys and hope that they develop. I think maybe they have to just do that. And then offensively, though, I don't know to tell you. They gotta go all in. No, they they <laughs> they do have to go all out, especially because this the window with the talent, like you mentioned, is closing because you know, people's contracts are going to be up and whatnot. Like Josh is, like you said, going into his big time, big boy deal. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they move on from here. But the talent with this team before you need to really, really retool the defense too, is we're, we're getting to that, that window in the next couple of years where it's going to be going to be interesting. People are going to want their money and can we pay them? That's the question. So um would love if we had the sabers uh cap space right now for the bills you know had that much money left well, but unfortunately also, we, like, is the nfl cap going up at all do we know either a little bit they're yeah, like red the, i think they might be in the negative they might already be in the red they might be just out of it though i think the bills i don't know somewhere it's always weird like at the end of the day like they recalculated before but they're at the cap right now and it's just i don't know it's just it's one of those situations where that just haven't they've done a good job in my opinion of drafting like really solid players like solid dudes but at the end of the day like not a week if you look at the bills roster like who are their like blue chip young dudes like under 25 that's not i'm mean, josh is 26 like 
they don't really have any. I think that's like the scary part for me is like every year we get to the end of the year and it's like we talk about like these all pro teams or we talk about like I'm I'm not saying we should be obsessive, but at the end of the day it's like you know we talk about who's a Hall of Famer on this team and it's like honestly the Bills only have a couple like they're very top heavy and then they have a bunch of average players like I think they need to. I don't know, they need to get some more they need to get more people in the middle of the roster that are good that are like above average at their position that are yeah. actually borderline elite at their position. They don't have enough of those guys in my opinion. No, I would 100% agree with you. It's just it's tough because the way this the way that game went is it's everything we're saying right now you you could literally watch that game again and just pinpoint exactly where it needs to go. It's, well there's not one so there's the problem is, is there's not one solution. Like, last year, it was pretty obvious, like, hey, like, we need a finisher. This one, it's like, yeah, we might get our finisher back, but he's going to be 34. And post-ACL injury. Both lines get manhandled. You're losing other spots that aren't the line of key pieces. And Josh never looked the same because of the weapons scheme. I don't know. I think also part of the turning point might be after the Packers game, Josh gets injured. Like, I... I guess we'll never know how severely injured he was. I guess in an alternate universe, they let him rest a month, and maybe maybe things could have turned out better. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I have, I have to somewhat believe. I guess, I guess this is me being optimistic. I have to somewhat believe that his elbow compromised him so much that they weren't com- that he wasn't comfortable throwing really short, quick passes, like getting the ball out really quick because it was hurting his elbow, and that's the reason why they were just throwing deep bombs. Like I guess that's like, but at the same, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a man can dream, man. A man can dream. A man can dream, but I honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an announcement for a UCL surgery. I'm going to be honest with you, because that that happened to someone. They wouldn't have jeopardized them that bad. No, I don't know. I think... but, but that happened to I forget. There was a baseball player that happened to where he played the rest of the season. It was a minor UCL, like partial. Oh, tear, like, you know who it was? It was Bryce Harper on the Phillies, right? Bryce Harper tore his like teared his UCL, but partially. He... But like that was a little different because he stopped. Please, he just. I mean, baseball's a little. I mean, different because right. Just, but I wouldn't be surprised. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, if they, if he really like, if he could do it without pain, certain ways, so they they ran with it because they knew they can't win with Case Keenum. That's pretty evident. I mean, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that he was getting it either an exploratory done for the area. Because, that might be what I, I would agree with. That I thought you meant like yeah. he's going to be out like nine months. I, no, no, I don't no, think no. Like I what think they did with Von Miller just to see if something's wrong. No. You know, I think I mean? if that was a possibility, I think they would have sat him for a month. Yeah, because it's truthfully like, you know, we say after the second half of the Packers game, but truthfully, you know, that Jets game where he lost after that elbow got tweaked that it was even bigger difference. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't throwing quick slants. He wasn't screen passes. Weren't the same anymore after that. This is the, one of the first screen passes was in this game to James or to, uh, what was Beasley? Like that was one of the, like the better ones I had seen from him in a while. So he said, throwing sidearm bugged him for a while. You see him in practice doing all these weird stretches with the trainer and stuff like that. So I, I think it might've been an ongoing issue. So maybe they're, they'll, they'll do a little bit of an exploratory thing with it just to see if something is off and try and fix it. So I don't think nine months, his UTL is completely gone. Maybe <laughs> there's a partial tear that they just stitch up real fast. You know what I mean? And let him heal. So I, I don't think, I don't think he's, he's going to miss any of the next season with it, but I think they're going to definitely explore it a little bit, but I don't know. Shall be interesting fellas. I mean, well, yeah. at least it's stress-free football for the next two weeks, right? Well, it's Just... also kind of like, I don't know, like the rest of the... I always say this, like once the Bills get eliminated, 
the rest of the NFL season just kind of blows. Like, it's not as fun to watch. Like, no. I barely watched the night game. I watched me the, the last draft. Oh, I didn't. Zeke, I didn't. I didn't watch it at all. Zeke, I, didn't, I didn't turn Zeke it on. Snapping, but like, well, I I don't know what they were expecting on that. I guess they weren't expecting any pass rush, but they're just ridiculous with the Niners. I don't. I don't even know. Like at this point, like what team am I supposed to be rooting for? Like, I mean, my aunt lives in San Francisco, so I'm going Niners. I mean, like, but... do I want either the AFC teams to win? No, I mean, I'm just gonna root for the NFC. Probably yeah. not. I don't want Mahomes or Burrow winning a Super Bowl. I know that sounds petty of me. The Eagles but... fan base is kind of crazy, but like I kind of like them. Like I don't. Want I would Brock... love Brock Purdy to win. I don't want Brock Purdy to win because I think that's just gonna be a really annoying like storyline. I'm not a big Shanahan fan, but like they'll make a movie about it and call it Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, they would. Come on, and they made a, like they made a movie like... about Kurt Warner. So, exactly. Like... Yeah, yeah, they'd make a movie about it and call it Mr. Irrelevant, and you know. I don't know. I I would like your idea to Disney right now. Yeah, yeah. Pitch it to Disney. They'll make a cartoon version of it for him. So, I don't know. It's just it does. It really does suck to watch football from here on out. Before we end, I I do have to say. So, head coach, two offensive coordinators, a couple assistants. Do you think anyone goes? I think they roll with it. I'm going to be honest with you. As much as I. I think Dorsey struggled this season. He also had highs and lows. You know what I mean? Like he actually, he had the first part of the season, the first before the bye week, he was cooking, but then I think he faltered a little bit. So I think also you got to let him grow into the position a little bit. Like any player, you got to let him develop. So I think they give him at least one more season. Dorsey. I feel like if anyone on the offensive side gets fired, it'd be like Joe Brady. Yeah. I feel like the quarterback coach. And if a big name gets fired, it's Leslie Frazier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, to me, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would probably bet they don't do anything. But to me, I do think there has to be – I'm sorry, but, like, this is going to be like sound harsh, but, like, someone's head's got to come for this game. Like, you can't – I mean – No. There's no, and like, I, no like oh, let's run it back after we lost. Like, I think that's a really hard thing to do. I think you do need a cinema change. And, like, I've been the biggest McDermott supporter, so I'm not saying he should be fired because I think that's dumb. I do think it's concerning, though, that he's been outcoached in the last three playoffs seasons by a considerable margin when they lose that that's really annoying like i feel like he's one of those guys that's really good floor raiser for your regular season but like for a reason the playoffs like it's kind of like don granado a little bit but i'm just about to say obviously more accomplished (laughs) Uh um but to me like i don't think they're gonna fire dorsey because it's been one year but i mean leslie frazier's contract's up i know he's well respected i like leslie frazier I think he's a good defensive coordinator. He's just got to open his horizons a little bit. He likes but, running nickel zone all the time. But I think like, it is the time. I think it is time for like a new, for some fresh, fresh blood to take over. I think he should probably not be put back. And I would say like Eric Washington, the D line coach. I think he needs to be fired because like we had no I'm pressure. Sorry. I'm sorry, but I saw the stat where like the last six, t- two months or whatever, the Bills' highest rush pass rush run rate was Gregory Russo at four. And he was tied for 43rd. Like, there was 42 better pass rushers than the Bills' top pass rusher when Vaughn was injured. It's not good enough for the amount of talent that's on that roster. The amount of talent that's been put in. Like, Olive is the first-round pick. Rousseau's the first-round pick. You spent your first pick of the 2020 draft on Evanessa. Basham's a second-round pick. Like, obviously, other people make a lot of money, too. Like, at the end of the day, like, I think his head needs to come off as well. So, like, to me, like, it's going to be defensive changes. Yeah. And I think that's where McDermott's head will go first, being a defensive-minded coach. So, got um, to get some fresh blood, def- fresh blood defensively, and invest offensively, and then I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's I feel like that's how you retool on the fly. Right. I mean, 
you just gotta you gotta keep the defense doing what they were doing earlier this season. Um, they didn't get one ounce of pressure on Joe Burrow except when Boogie Basham slid into his ankle on the snow. I mean, that, that's truthfully that's it. Like that, that's the only thing that comes to mind. So, um, yeah, definitely would agree with that. I think Frazier, if anyone goes, he's gone, and their their line coach for sure. But I think you give Dorsey another year to kind of set it, set into his role a little bit, you know. And hopefully, you know what? Maybe we're right. Maybe Josh can't throw those quick slants anymore because of his elbow. And maybe he gets it fixed. And here we go. Josh is throwing over the middle real nice. You know what I mean? We're not throwing third and fours. We're going downfield 50 yards anymore. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It shall we'll be see. interesting. Yeah. We'll see. But I feel like a lot went wrong, I feel like a lot went wrong this year, but they end up going 14-4. But that's, that's what I'm saying. It's I mean, like, at the end of the day, though, they didn't get – I mean, like – as much as it's hard, like I was never a big phrase Super Bowl or bus guy, but it kind of felt like this was it. Mm-hmm. Like this had to be kind of the year, or they were gonna have to take some slight step back next year just because the cap and all that, and uh, they just couldn't get the job done. Right. I mean, one step forward, two steps back. You know, so you mm-hmm. never know what's gonna happen. Hey, one step backward could actually be two steps forward, though. So, well, I, I just yeah. know in about four months when they make a night, then they have a solid, looks like a solid draft, makes some nice signings. I'm gonna be all about. I mean, yeah, we'll do another I'd live like draft episode. Yeah, yeah, it shall be interesting. At least we have the Sabers and the Bandits to root for. Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought that phrase would be said? What? We have the Sabers, right? Could still be a wild card team, you know. Could keyword there? Um, <laughs> we're not positive, but we'll. Uh, uh, anything else you guys want to chat about, or is that it for our emergency press conference? No, I'm sure. I'm sure Thursday we might have some. Some more info. Some more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, without further ado, that's going to do it for this episode of the Buffalonian podcast, Betting on the Bills. The last one of the the 2022-23 NFL season. Um, going out on a sour note, but, you know, we'll go out and hope for the best for next year. We'll catch you on the regular Buffalonian podcast. And uh, we got some exciting things coming for you this offseason, so can't wait to announce all that. And Dom? I I I I I wanna I I wanna end it like this because we always do. But how how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.